0: Welcome to the East Coast Believer's Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope this inspires and encourages you to grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's Pastor Norm. I know it's not the middle of the year right now, but uh, it's like we're getting ready to step into the middle of the year, and um, I just feel like it's like halftime at a football game, and I just wanna sort of give us a, a charge as we step into summer, and wanna pick up where I left off on uh, Wednesday night, and you know, we've had a very busy first quarter here at East Coast Believers Church. It's been our best first quarter ever. We've seen more salvations than we ever saw before. We had 486 people <laughs> saved in our services. We had our first baptism service of the year. We had just under 100 people water baptized. I was thrilled to see so many people just it was just cool, I was sitting up here watching and people were jumping in the tub with their clo- full clothes on in church and it was just great. And then we stepped right into Freedom Conference and uh, last Saturday we had about a hundred or so people go through our Freedom Groups and our Freedom Conference and a lot of people were uh, set free for some lifelong bondages in their, in their life and they're completely free because the Bible says, when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. And uh, stepping into summer, and uh, I know a lot of us will be traveling, but we're amping it up around here. Got Our kids got our very first ever uh, children's camp that we're actually doing. Other churches are coming to it. We're going to a youth camp, have our kids going to a youth camp. About 1,500 kids from the state of Florida will be coming together for four days of just in the presence of God. And I just feel like um, I just need to bring something to our attention. I I just really think that I want to draw us closer to God right now. And it's so easy to get so busy and, 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 and get away from God. Uh, and the very, we're so busy doing the things of God, we can get far away from God. And I want to draw your attention to a verse in James chapter 4. And in verse 8, it says this. It says, uh, if you come close to God, God will come close to you. Like, I, I, I'm not talking about proximity. I'm talking about necessarily like your heart towards God. And what I want you to know is God will go as deep with you as you want to go. It's, and it's really like not up to God, it's really up to you. And, and we're thinking that like, like where's God, and God's saying if you come close to me, I'm gonna come close to you. And, and listen, what, what I'm saying is, I is wanna be very clear, because I wanna get into this message, I'm only gonna preach for a few minutes, so we're gonna get right back into worship, and we're gonna have an old-fashioned, remember the old-fashioned, those that have been in church for a length of time, the old-fashioned consecration services? And like, we're just going to lay it all on the altar tonight to the Lord. And and he says, if you'll come close to me, I'll come close to you. And I want to say clearly, is God's love for you never changes. How his proximity, how close he is to you, is really not dependent on God. It's dependent upon you. And so I want to talk a little bit about worship. And we're all, we're always all worshiping something. In fact, here's the reason why. We were created to worship. And I want to launch from a point that's sort of, I'll just, let me just tell you the genesis of this. I'm praying for you all on Monday. And I'm kind of just like jazzed up on Monday. We had a great Sunday around here, uh, Communion Sunday, and a lot of great things happened on Sunday. And I'm just praying for you all and, and in the middle of all this, I kept getting drawn back to that message out of Matthew chapter 6. And I just kind of opened up my, my Bible, which is my iPad, and just started reading. And this, this, this just kind of came out of my heart for you tonight, only on First Wednesday. So if you're watching online and you're not here on First Wednesday, you should come on First Wednesday. Like, right? And so, but here's what I want to tell you. Because you're created to worship, you're worshiping something. And I want to launch from this statement. Worship is our response To what we value most. And I want to, because something's getting your love. Something that you love is getting your response. What you value and what you love gets your response. And I want to take you to a verse in Romans chapter 12. And they'll put this for you up on the screen. And Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, this is a verse that a lot of you know. He said, uh... I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind uh, he will find, the kind that is acceptable. This is, now notice this phrase. This is truly the way to worship him. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this thought down. Because the Bible doesn't say that simply raising your hands or singing or clapping in church is worship. It's an expression of worship. But the Bible says the true way to worship him is to lay your life down as a sacrifice to him. Now what's important in Romans 12 is the primary audience that he's writing to were Jewish Christians. And Jewish Christians, whenever they would come, they would never dream of, in a formal sort of way, ever coming to God without bringing some sort of sacrifice. And Paul's addressing them. He's saying, guys, it's no longer, you're no longer bringing a sacrifice. Here's the new deal about the new covenant. You are the sacrifice. And so you lay, like true worship is saying, okay, God, I'm going to value what you value. And that's where I want to go a little deeper from Sunday morning with some of us tonight. And maybe we're going to pick up on that phrase about reprioritizing our life. And I want to take you to a passage that we read Sunday morning, Matthew chapter 6. And I'm just going to read a few verses here. In verse 25 it says this. Therefore I say to you, do not worry. How many know that's easier said than done? He said do not worry about your life. Can you like? Here's what I'm saying. Can you imagine a life? A lot of you can't even imagine a life without worry. And I'm going to share with you a little bit deeper how to get worry out of your life once and for all. And I'm gonna, let me give you the cliff notes to this. I, I'm just going to get ahead of myself, but here's the cliff notes to what I'm getting ready to read. What Jesus said is here, saying here, if you put me first in your life, if you truly worship me the way I designed worship, then you can get rid of worry in your life once and for all. Like, you can deal with it. And then he said in verse 26, he said, um, uh, uh, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you worrying, I love this, which of you worrying can add one cubit to your stature. In other words, what he's saying is is worry can't add anything to your life. He says, he's talking about what you give your energy to, what you give your attention to. That's what he's addressing right here in verse 27. He says, worry, here it is guys, worry has no value. But I want to worry. I know it feels good, but it brings no value to your life. When you give energy to worry, it doesn't add to your life. It takes away from your life. Verse 28, he simply said this. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now of God... So clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, verse thirty-one: Do not worry, saying, "Shall we eat? Or shall we drink? Or what shall we wear?" For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows the things that He knows that you need all things. Like you, I have to ask you: Do you really believe that? that God knows right where you are, right now. Here's what I'm saying, because if you really believe that, I think it would help with some of this worry that we struggle with. Give it to God, take it back from God, give it to God, take it back from God, if we thought that he really knew where we are. And then in verse 33, because the Bible always, when it points out a challenge in your life, it always gives you a solution condemnation will keep you stuck conviction will give you a way out like and I'm talking to, so this is, should be convicting for some of us tonight he's going to give you a way out out of worry and here it is verse 33 you all know it seek first the kingdom of God his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you here's what he's saying worry can't add anything to your life but God can handle everything in your life That's simply what he's saying there. And the foundation of worship, this is what I wanted to get to. The foundation of real worship is putting God first in your life. That's what real worship is. Here's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, guys, quit dating God. Like, put on the ring, walk down the aisle and say, okay, God, you're first in my life. Like, I'm not going to date you anymore, God. I'm not just going to call you up on Sundays and hang out with you. Like, I'm going to put you first in every area of my life. Am I preaching to the right crowd tonight on Wednesday night? Like, I want to put you first, God. What am I talking about? Here it is. I'm talking about a God-centered home. I'm talking about a God-centered business. I'm talking about a God-centered life. I'm talking about God-centered relationship, relationships. And I think this is God's place, and he gives us the formula here. We have our own formula. We think if we can get the right spouse, if we can get the right job, if we can get the right bank account of balance, if we can get the right amount of vacations, then it's going to make me happy. And what God is, what Jesus is saying, none of those things are going to make you happy. I'm going to give you the formula to make things happy in your life. And here it is, God first. And if, if happiness is an issue for you, like I'm not happy. I'm just not happy. If happiness is an issue, then it's a need thing, not a God thing. So here it is. I want to, I want to throw this thought out to you. Put this next point up. Happiness is not an issue of need. Happiness is an issue of order. I think that's where a lot of us are. Like we're thinking if I could just get enough money, if I could just get the right job, if my my husband would just straighten up, I would be happy. If my kids would just listen the first time I asked them, I would be happy. My son works at Chick-fil-A. I love going there when he's working there because he has to say my pleasure. You know what I mean? I love that. I love. I I I go there every day and just buy a coke for no reason. Just not even gonna drink it, just to hear him say "My pleasure." <laughs> but we think if we could just if we could just get if we could just get our kids to listen, then I would be happy. Jesus said this: If you put God first, if you restore the right priorities in your life, here's what the Bible says. He said, "Your life." you're going to be happy again now these are the these are the words of jesus and what jesus is talking about is set in divine order in your life we want We want all the stuff, happiness, love, joy, peace, all the fruits of the spirit. And Bible to Bible, cover to cover, this is what it says. It's always about restoring the right order in your life. You know, when Adam and Eve, when they fell in the garden, God had to institute a new covenant in their life. We call it the old covenant. It was all about restoring order. And then Jesus came and he came to restore order for us to have relationship back with him. And a lot of us, like, like, we're going to church, and we're raising our hands, and we're clapping, and we're singing, but we're really not entering into true worship because true worship, according to the Bible, is getting your, the order set right in your life. So I want to dig into this. Verse 33 says this. All right, let me back up. If you're taking notes, you can write this thought down. You're worrying about something, so you want to redirect what you're worrying about into worship. You want to redirect that energy into worship. Matthew 6 verse 33 says this, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, the things that you're worrying about will be added to you. Like here's what I'm saying is that stuff is okay as long as it's not number one in your life. Like all the stuff that you want, like God's okay with you having as long as it's not the first thing in your life. And so here's what I'm saying. We want to redirect the energy of worry, and put that into worship. And so all the things that you're worrying about is energy. Here it is. Worry is energy lost. Worship is an investment of energy in your life. And so we could switch the worry into worship. Imagine if if instead of worrying about finances, start worshiping your provider. Instead of worrying about your kids, start worshiping the God of your house. Like you, you can you can switch things around. Why do we worship? Here it is. Because worship gets God close to us. And the only way we're going to be happy, I'm just going to throw it out there. The only way to be happy is to come close to him. So here's what I want to do. I want to lay this out for you in the most simplistic terms I can in about eight, ten minutes, and I want to talk about how to once and for all rid yourself of worry and replace it with worship. The idea is that worry is adding nothing to your life. Worship is getting you close to God, and the Bible says if you get close to God, then all of these things that you're worrying about will be added to you. Do you see why the the enemy, the adversary of your soul, would want you to worry about things that God already said, I'll take care of? Right? And so let me, let me take you back and I want you to write a few thoughts down because if God is first in our life, if we say we live a God-first life and we say we worship God and we're part of the family of God, okay, and we say that God's our father and we're going to heaven, then we've got to make some God-first decisions. So the question is, how am I going to live? How am I going to do this? And I want you to write down just three thoughts and then we're done. Number one is this, that I am going to live life Inside out. Here's the reason why. Because culture today, friends today, tries to dictate, dictate something else to us. They're trying to establish your identity by if you get the, nice, the right size home, If you get the right spouse, if you can get enough money in the bank, and they're trying to establish your identity that way, and you're comparing yourself to this person and comparing yourself to that person. And we want to live life from the inside out. I'm explaining what I mean on this, but Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. To do this, I want to break down this word seek real quick. We're going to worship here in just a moment. But this word seek, let me give it to you, a definition right out, of, right out of the Greek. It means to thoroughly search. It means to come to a binding agreement or a conclusion. So this verse says, but come to a binding agreement or a conclusion in your life that God is first in every area of my life. Yeah. Like make that decision. Here it is. It's a one-time decision. God is first. I don't have to think about it ever again in my life. In what area of my life God's first in my marriage. God's first on the job. God's first at school. God's, God's first with my finances. God's first with my language. God's first with the way I, how I talk and how I interact with people. God is first. This is what he said. It's a binding agreement or a conclusion. This, this type of worship... Takes you to a level where you say, Okay, guys, God, I'm gonna live according to the Bible, and that's just it for me once and for all. I don't, here's the deal I don't ever have to make a decision in my life whether I'm gonna lie or not, because I made that decision. Here, I'm telling you, 30 years ago, I made the decision, I'm not gonna lie. It's real quiet in this Presbyterian church tonight, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I don't have, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't ever have to make the decision ever again in my life whether I'm going to put God first to my finances. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I made that decision one time. I'm living life from the inside out, not from the outside in. Like, like I'm never going to have to ever make a decision again whether it's okay for me to blow my temper and just to cuss someone out because they have it coming to them. Because you know what? I make my decision 30 years ago that God is going to be first in my life and it's going to dictate how I live my life. I don't have to make that decision brand new every day. I made it one time. And here's the thing, I don't have to think about what I'm going to handle my, how I'm going to handle my money, how I'm going to handle my marriage, how I'm going to handle my spouse. I don't ever have to think of, again, if someone offends me and someone ticks me off and they deserve for me to give it to them and to hold unforgiveness against them, I don't ever have to ever think about it again, whether I'm going to forgive anybody who does me wrong because I made that decision one time. Now, this is a whole nother level of worship. This is a level of worship where it says, okay, God, it's a binding agreement. It's the, conclu- it's the conclusion that I'm going to base my life on, that I am going to seek you first. Like integrity doesn't come out of convenience. Like I'm not going to be, be truthful if it's easy for me. Like I, Here's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't Like, if we live life this way, we wouldn't have to pump you up to be part of a small group. You would see that the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourself together. Like, if you live life this way, it wouldn't be, hmm, I think I'll go to church on Sunday. Let me check the weather. Right, let me check. Am I on a schedule this week? Yeah, I'll be there. Like, it wouldn't be that way anymore. Because this is a a binding agreement, a conclusion that I'm going to have a God-first life. This is what I'm saying. This verse is talking about the kind of follower God wants you to be. This verse, you would never have to think about how you're going to treat your kids, how you're going to treat your wife, how you're going to treat your spouse if you had this God-first life. Here's my notes. When God is first... You can have all the things that you're worrying about, but now the things won't have you. The bottom line is this kind of life, you come out of roller coaster Christianity. It comes out of up and down. One week I'm up, the next week I'm down. No, I'm living my life inside out. And then all those things that you're worrying about, the bills, the family, the relationships, the job, the boss, safety, all those things. The, God, Jesus said all these things will be added to you. And here's the right perspective. God is a God of order. And this is what I want to get to you. And then I'm wrapping up. I'm invite the music team up right now. God is a God of order. And he wants to be first in your life he doesn't want to be on the list he wants to be first on the list he's not interested in being number two and and, and some of us I get it we get it Sunday Monday and Tuesday we got it but Wednesday come on it's it's, it's the middle of the week it goes, it goes down a few notches and all those things that we're thinking about we're worrying about here's what it is things are out of order and God wants to put things back in order. And how do you do that? I'm going to live my life inside out, not outside in. I'm not going to live my life about how I feel. I'm going to start living my life based on the values in the, in the word of God. And what the most beautiful thing about it is, Jesus said, but seek first. Like, seek, come to this conclusion that's it's a God-first life. And all these things, like, like, you know the answer to your marriage problems is a God first marriage. You know the answer to your finances is a God first f- with your finances. You know the answer to your relationships is God first in all your relationships. Because so I thought, well, so wouldn't it be great? Like, um, you know, there was a time, and I love reading history, and there was a time when. People would never dream of closing a church service. And it's first Wednesday, so it's all family here tonight. They would never dream of closing a church service off off, without giving people an opportunity to consecrate themselves to the Lord. You're not getting reborn again. You're not trying to gather and garner favor with God. You have all that favor. Like God loves you, but it's just a time to come close to God. And if you come close to God, man, Scripture we have authority of God's Word he said I want to come close to you I thought wouldn't it be great just right in our seats to say okay God I surrender I surrender every area of my life Lord my marriage my kids my finances my job I work for an ogre and like like and God I don't want to work I I surrender like maybe God has you there Maybe you're still stuck in the same place because you've never never done the surrender thing. And I'm not talking about tonight rededicating your life. I'm not talking about answering an altar call. I'm talking about something that a believer should do daily in their life. is check the priority. God wants to get things in order. So how about tonight? Let's just close with, let's just close with right where you are in our seats. You can stand, you can kneel, you can sit. But God, I surrender. Let's have a consecration service. You say, well, I struggle with this sometimes. then you're a real good company because Jesus struggled with this too. In fact, three times in one night about the same issue, he said to Jesus, God, Jesus said to God, God, is there another way can I have another job? Really, God, you want me to be, you want to be first with my isn't it good enough that I just come to church? you want to be first with my finances, too? Isn't it good that I'm just married? You mean I got a love her like Christ loves the church? And he asked God three times, God, is there any other way? And all three times he ended it with this conclusion. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, not what I want, but you want. So let's just have an old fashioned consecration service right now. Say, God, search me. Tonight I end and I say, Lord, I'm reordering my life. I'm reprioritizing my life. I put you first in every area. Thank you for listening to the East Coast Believers Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more info about this podcast or other resources, visit eastcoastbelievers.org.